publicly about the status of the lawsuit. Attorneys for both sides who appeared in court Monday declined to answer reporters' questions about the delay. French President Emmanuel Macron says he heard people's anger over raising the retirement age from 62 to 64, but Macron insisted Monday that it was needed to keep the pension system afloat as the population ages. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 100 points, the Nasdaq rose 34. More details at townhall.com. Paid for by The David Pollock Show, LLC. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell... I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to the David Pollock Show. I'm mad as hell, I'm not going to take it anymore. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Everything is awesome when you're living out a dream. Living out a dream. David Pollack Show. We have a great show for you tonight. We have the one and only Roger Stone coming on the show. We also have political consultant Alex Bruskowitz coming on. We're going to be talking about the latest in Trump's bid for a second term in the White House. And we're going to talk about some other breaking news. But first, I have to let you know about a good friend of mine who just opened the newest Foxtail Coffee near in the Mount Dora area. It's at 315 uh, New Hampshire Avenue in Tavares. It's located in the in a beautiful, restored 1900s house. They even have golf cart parking. I will be there on Wednesday when they open. They're open 6.30 to 6.30, six days a week, closed on Sundays. Want to let you know that if you're in Tavares, you have a new beautiful Foxtail to go to. Good luck, guys. Also want to wish my sister a happy birthday today. I'm not going to say her name, but sister, happy birthday. I hope you're listening. <laughs> and what a week it has been, right, everybody? I mean, we have Biden gaffes in Ireland. We have a weird, suspicious leak of classified documents. Rogue prosecutors in New York suing Congress. Uh, House Judiciary hearings. We have all kids all over the country are losing their damn minds, rioting in the streets. We're going to cover as much as this, of as much of this as we can. Uh, we'll see how much we can get to. Um, but I have to say, in one of the latest I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it any more moments, um, I want to talk about how Americans are still boycotting a company that used to be an iconic symbol of America. A company who lo whose logo is a bald eagle with an American flag started by a German immigrant who wished to introduce America to German-style lager. That company, Anheuser-Busch, since purchased by Belgian beer giant InBev, is now emblematic of everything that's wrong with America. The fact that our biggest companies can't stay the hell out of our politics and consistently take advantage of their conservative customer base, it's just wrong. And that's just the latest company to jump on the trend, joining the ranks of Nike and Target and Amazon and Disney and others who feel like they can just alienate their customer base whenever they want with no consequences. Are you tired of it? I know I am too. We all want to go and just enjoy ourselves. We want to watch football games and baseball games and not being bombarded with politics. We want to go to Disney World and not being bombarded by politics. We want to drink beer without being bombarded by politics. 
So in this latest boycott, conservatives and many other Americans are upset by the inclusion of Dylan Mulvaney, a relatively unknown actor turned gender affirmation activist on a Bud Light can in the wake of a school shooting in Tennessee committed by another radical gender affirmation activist. The Tennessee shooting killed three children and three adults, followed by another string of violent attacks by other radical gender affirmation activists. Mulvaney's inclusion on the can understandably sparked outrage as it seemed the brand was supporting, uh, supporting this activism. It was tone deaf to the violence associated with the movement. The backlash resulted in this ongoing boycott of Bud Light and other Anheuser-Busch products. And after a $5 billion loss in value for the brand, XCIA CEO issued a, a sorry, not so sorry statement saying, we never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We're in the business of bringing people together over a beer. Remember the remember Obama's beer summit? <laughs> Seriously, they think you're that stupid. All I can say is this. They've never issued a MAGA can while Trump was being impeached or politically prosecuted. Why wouldn't they issue a MAGA can? Well, because they know it's political and they know it would upset people. But yet, in the wake of an ongoing kind of conflict, they're going to go and take a position that could be political and could offend people, regardless. Bud Light chose its side, and it's going to cost them, and it should. And while the liberal media has gone out of their way to frame the boycott as being anti-trans or homophobic, it's not. It has nothing to do with trans people or drag or whatever was on the can. There are plenty of conservatives that have no issues with trans people or drag or what the media tries to make people believe. This boycott is the rejection of this Marxist politics, globalist companies shoving their agendas and ideologies down their customers' throat without any dams given what we think. That's what this boycott is about. It's about Americans finally standing up to the abusive liberals, the abusive liberal companies, and returning the disgust and outrage liberals have directed at us forever. Remember Chick-fil-A? It seems anytime they're offended by something, they'll go out of their way to cancel it and protest and riot and do whatever they want. But the second Americans go, you know what? I'm sick of it. I'm not taking a position. I want to just stay. I just want to drink beer. And then as a result of politics being shoved down our throat, funneled down our throat, throw back to college. Now everybody's saying, oh, you're just homophobic. You just don't like trans. That is not what's going on here, guys. Americans are not boycotting Bud Light because they're homophobic. They're boycotting the BS, and that's plain and simple. They're just sick and tired of companies telling us what to think. Personally, I think it's about time that people stand up to these companies, and I hope it's just the beginning. I hope Americans stand up to the liberal internet trolls. You know, you go on Facebook, and as a conservative, you notice if you're on Facebook or social or any other social media, conservatives are always careful not to comment. Now, there is a belief that maybe their comments are not posted, but I can tell you this. You can post to social media a conservative thing. You'll get likes. Conservatives won't comment. But then you'll have like 16 liberals going on there, trashing you, insulting you, saying horrible things. And then you could push back on them and saying, hey, let's just have a debate. And instead of a debate, all they want to do is insult you some more. So you really have no choice but to block them. But that's how they discuss things. There is no there is no let's have a discussion and come. It's attack, attack, attack. But yet we're supposed to be docile. We're supposed to just go along with it. And the second we push back on the same hate that's being directed at us, we're name called. Americans need to start standing up to this judgment. Americans need to start standing up for themselves. How many times have you been at a party or at some event or at work at a function and everybody in the room 
you know, standing around having conversations and somebody feels courageous enough to start going, man, I really hate those Trump supporters. They're real idiots, you know, or Republicans are stupid. DeSantis is an idiot. Trump's they take no stock in whether or not you might agree with them. The assumption is anybody who wants can say whatever they want in public. And we're supposed to be like, hey, that's fine. We're not going to be offended. Well, you know what? We can get offended. It's OK to be offended. And it's OK that we don't take it anymore. Stand up. You can use your voice. You can have an opinion. You don't have to be ugly. But you also don't have to take people name calling and just saying their opinion as it's fact. And if we're all going to agree with it, we don't have to. We can stand up for election integrity without being labeled insurrectionists or election deniers. We can say, hey, something happened that wasn't right. We can ask questions because elections are the bedrock of our republic. It's OK for us to question it. And if somebody's going to call you a name about it, it's OK for you to tell them you disagree with them. They can call you names and be ugly. You keep your composure, but it's important to push back. Most of America is not falling for the liberal politics of division. And personally, I'm happy to see that they're finally doing something about it. All Americans, Black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asians Americans, gay Americans, Jewish Americans, yes, even trans Americans, everybody needs to stand up against this Marx-inspired liberal agenda where they look to divide us. The conservatives in this country stand with you. It's not anti-this or anti-that. It's a cultural war, and it's a cultural war being created to divide us. They want you to believe that we don't get along, we don't agree, but we agree on most everything. These social issues are invented. And I tell you the truth, I kind of feel bad for some, some of these groups that are find themselves targets of this liberal appropriation. I'm Jewish, right? I, I'm Every day I'm like, man, I really hope they don't start saying that there's a Jewish social issue for us to be worried about because next thing you know, it'll turn into this whole thing for me. We do not want your liberal activist division. We don't. We all need to come together, all races, all genders, all sexual orientations, all religions. All, we all need to get up, stand up and say, you know what? We are not as divided as you think we are. We have more in common than divides us. America is the greatest country on earth. This is the only place where we can get up and work for a living and make money and give a better lives for our family. It is still the country people are willing to die to get to. America is bigger than our politics, and we are not going to allow you to drag us into the mud. This movement, this can unite a country. We can become stronger than ever before. But this unity, you'll never see it. And every time you try to go and be united or if you try to be peaceful online, the very first thing that's going to happen, you're going to be attacked. You're going to be attacked because liberals have been programmed to hate you. They've been programmed to fight when you try to unify because they know that they want to see us divided so their Marxism can replace our American society, one that mirrors or failed totalitarian social governments from around the world. We're not going to allow it to happen here. This, what's, <laughs> this is kind of going to bring us into this next segment we're going to talk about in a few minutes when Mr. Stone comes on. But this really is emblematic of Trump as well, because Trump stands for this, regardless of what people tell you about Trump. He's the criminal. He's the bad guy. He stands for hate. He's racist, homophobic. He's this, he's that, is it? And all the people who support him are the same way. If you remember what happened in 2016, Trump stood up and said the exact same things. He says, we reject socialism. We believe in an America where everybody can be prosperous. We believe in America that's free of partisan politics. Donald Trump said that. Then he put together one of the most successful first terms in history, regardless of everything that they threw at him. And that's the thing. That's why they hate him. That's why they fear him. 
because he speaks for all people. Now, they've branded him as a criminal. They branded all of us who support him as being just as bad as he is. But guys, regardless if you support President Trump or not, the ideas that President Trump talked about, these are the same ideas, even if you're if you're a Democrat listening or a liberal listening and maybe you're angry with what I have to say. Do you remember Bernie Sanders said a lot of the same things from a different economic perspective? He also spoke up against the division, well, against the some inequities, a lot of the economic ones we don't agree with. But people resonated with him because he still stood against the political powers that seem to be controlling things. And when Bernie Sanders got out of the race, a lot of Democrats went for Trump for the same reason. They were tired of people telling them how they needed to vote and then they needed to just go along with the establishment. And that's the real threat for Trump. But I'll tell you what's really interesting right now. Republicans are not a huge fan of Trump either. So those of you out there who don't like Trump, don't worry, you're in good company. A lot of the establishment Republicans really don't like Donald Trump either. And especially when he called Florida's beloved governor, Ron DeSantis, oh boy, did that open up a can of worms. Now you're really starting to see where the Republican Party stands between Trump and DeSantis, where America stands between Trump and America. And I think what you're going to start to see is uh, these ideas that we can be unified. We can transcend the hate and transcend the politics. I think you're going to start. I hope you'll start to see that come up more and more. And I hope the, the dispute between DeSantis people and, and MAGA people, I'm hoping we can put us behind us. But before we get to that, I kind of want to hear the arguments from both sides. And so we're going to go to a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to bring Roger Stone on. We're going to talk about what's going on with Ron DeSantis, whether or not he's going to get into the race, what it means. <laughs> We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out. With today's economic environment, it's never been more important to secure your hard-earned wealth for you and your family's future. FinSec Life works to offer industry-leading customer service to help successful individuals and businesses protect their wealth. Whether it's a business succession plan, estate liquidity, or a variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. Hey, friends, David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft-serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Topper's is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft-serve ice cream in a variety of flavors, from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh-baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh-baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Topper's Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to tell them David sent you. Now it's time for your Mortgage Minute, brought to you by the Joe Onofre Mortgage Team. Hey, Joe Onofre here with the Joe Onofre Mortgage Team. Rates continue to stabilize with the downward pressure from a weakening economy. Private payrolls grew less than expected in March, as well as the Fed's key inflation gauge. Job openings fell below 10 million for the first time in two years, indicating the Fed may pause future rate hikes soon and the efforts with higher rates are working. Home prices rose in February after seven straight months of decline. 
tight inventory led to a 4% drop in mortgage applications. So what does this all mean for you? Now is still the best time to consider buying your next home. As rates continue to improve, your competition will only get stronger. Starting now with a strategy to get into the market could prove to be a big savings compared to what we expect to see moving forward. If you'd like to see how we can help you, please call me at 407-720-8514 or go to my website at lenderjoe.com. Welcome back to the David Pollack Show, best soundtrack in talk radio. Now, a lot of people ask me about Toppers. Hey, that commercial is awesome. Is Toppers really that good? I'm going to tell you, yeah, it really is. It's that, I don't know if you've ever been to St. Louis or the Midwest. I got this custard style ice cream. It's not like your McDonald's soft serve. It's really good ice cream. And this month they have a lot of great specials. They have marshmallow peeps. If you love peeps and you haven't got enough on Easter, I know my brother loves peeps. You can get that on your ice cream. They have pastel colored cones. And on April 11th, they have free pup cups. So bring your dog down there and both of you guys can get treats. Well, we're back and we have a special, special guest. And I'm really excited to bring on Roger Stone. He's a political consultant. He runs Stone Cold Truth. And he's worked on campaigns of uh, Republican politicians, including Nixon and Reagan and Kemp and Dole and George W. Bush and Donald Trump. He has been around for a long time. He is an expert in this space. And I'm really excited to talk to him about this Trump versus DeSantis thing going on. Roger Stone, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be here. Many thanks. Thank you very much. Now, before we get into it, I have to ask the Nixon tattoo. It's awesome. What inspired that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's very simple. Uh, you know, it, it is uh, a daily reminder when I see it in the mirror that in life, when things don't go your way, when you get knocked down, when you suffer defeats, when you have setbacks, when you are ready to give up, uh, that that's the time you have to get up off the, the mat, dust yourself off and get back in the fight. The story of Richard Nixon is a story of resilience. It's a story of perseverance. It's an American story. Richard Nixon went from uh, being discharged from the Navy uh, and essentially being no one to being vice president of the United States in just six years, which is an extraordinary trajectory. Four years in the House, two years in the Senate, eight years as vice president. Uh, And then, and I've written a book about this, Nixon's Secrets, also uh, the rise and fall and rise of Richard M. Nixon, uh, the presidency was stolen from him in 1960. Not that he did not make a series of errors in that campaign, because he did, but I still believe he closed fast at the end uh, and most likely won, and the presidency was stolen from him. He then decided, in order to keep his political prospects alive against his better judgment, uh, to run for governor of California. He was defeated in that race, and therefore he was washed up, finished, through, done, a uh, national punchline. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, a combination of events, uh, the murder of John F. Kennedy, the murder of Robert Kennedy, the murder of, of Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, the Vietnam War, uh, spread the seas uh, in such a way that he made the greatest single comeback uh, in American history. Everything you've been told about Watergate is false. Trump, uh, pardon me, Nixon was taken down because he was a peacemaker, because he he uh, made a strategic arms limitation agreement with the Soviets, 
he ended the war in Vietnam. He opened the door to China at a time that China was not a superpower. China posed no threat to this country. And he skillfully played them off against the Chinese to save us billions in defense spending. Uh, and uh, look, there were four presidents who spoke in his eulogy. Uh, he came back yet again for the final time. So my admiration for Nixon is not ideological so much it is uh, is a homage to his indestructibility. And I hope to live up to that myself. That is awesome. I didn't, I didn't expect to go in this direction, but man, you bring up a lot of excellent points and you're right. You know, growing up, I you hear about Watergate. You don't hear about Nixon's record and you've been in the business long enough to know how successful a lot of uh, these Republicans have been and how their reputation has been tarnished. And a lot of it does tie back to Trump. And if you look what he was able to accomplish in just four years, despite the onslaught uh, of offensive from our own government, from Democrats, from the media, I mean, what he was still able to accomplish, I think, I think maybe there needs to be another tattoo right next to it. But <laughs> um, well, maybe someday. I mean, I guess my point is that <laughs> is that is that John F. Kennedy, uh, who was a fierce anti-communist, yeah. uh, who favored a silverback dollar, uh, who wanted a big defense buildup for America, who cut taxes, and who had a deep distrust of the intelligence agencies, who lied to him about both the Bay of Pigs uh, and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, was yeah. taken out uh, in a violent coup by the very same people who, after his landslide re-election in 1972, orchestrated the Watergate fiasco to take Nixon out in a silent coup because Nixon was threatening to completely reorganize the U.S. government and to take power away from the intelligence agencies and the unelected bureaucrats in the national security uh, uh, apparatus. Uh, these are the exact same institutions, if not the exact same people, who sought to destroy Donald Trump yeah. in the phony Russian collusion hoax. And it doesn't matter how many times you prove that there was no collusion between Russian intelligence and the Trump campaign. Wait a couple of weeks and they will come back and reassert it as if it hasn't been completely and totally debunked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, and, and, and they'll just keep coming up with different theories. And I, I think it was he was treated very unfairly. And he says this as well um, in his first term. I hope when he comes back for his second term, he's able to complete all of the things he wanted to do and then really expose some of this stuff. And, you know, and, and I think that's why and this goes back. And I know you just wrote the article on the slow motion collapse of Ron DeSantis. And I want to talk about that. But I think that is really what is at the heart of this division between MAGA and DeSantis. And now DeSantis hasn't even said he's going to run yet, but there is this growing rift because I think everybody in anybody who supported Trump thinks he deserves another term. And I think anybody that runs against Trump, especially somebody that should be loyal to Trump, I think I think MAGA takes it personally because now they're standing in the way of Trump completing something that I think would benefit all of Americans. And, you know, Ron DeSantis, even though he hasn't said he's going to run, he still has made a couple of digs at um at the at the president and so i wonder one do you think desantis is going to run and two do you think that desantis is really just destroying his legacy by even being considered to be in this role and it'd be better for him to say look whether or not he's running or not sooner rather than later before his political the political damage is done first of all i think it's important to recognize that ron desantis owes his governorship totally and completely to donald trump ron desantis who is not a compelling candidate who can't speak without an index card who's basically told what to say by his wife, uh, who's not a likable person at all, also uh, about two and a half feet shorter than Donald Trump, 
was very fortunate because he was running at 7% in the polls, uh, and his Republican opponent, Adam Putnam, was running at about 53 uh, It is only the tweeted endorsement of Donald Trump uh, that elevated Ron DeSantis to the governorship. And then in the general election, in all honesty, I'm sorry, go back and look at it. The mayor of Tallahassee, who later has a scandal, kicked Ron's butt in two debates because Ron is not nearly as smart as he thinks he is. And he knew nothing about state issues because, frankly, he had been preparing for a U.S. Senate race and his uh, expertise and focus in Congress, where he was a neocon who supported the uh, illegal uh, coup in Iraq, in uh, Ukraine, uh, was on foreign policy. Iran didn't really know much about uh, state issues. Donald Trump changed his schedule three times in the last two weeks of 2018 campaign season to come here and literally drag unattractive, inarticulate Ron DeSantis across the finish line. Now, the governor does very well when he controls the microphone. He doesn't do so well when he doesn't. I'm not a big fan of Charlie Crist, but I'm sorry, that debate was a draw, which is saying a lot because Charlie Crist, the Democrat, former independent, former Republican, went from being a hardline supporter, for example, of the Second Amendment to be in favor of gun confiscation, went from being a hardline supporter of the right to life to being for abortion on demand. Charlie had, shall we say, a weak hand in the debate, and he still held Ron off. And then when asked the simple question of, if you're reelected, will you fulfill all four years of your term? Can you assure the voters you'll stay here and do the job? Ron froze in the headlights like a scared deer. So uh, in all honesty, he's running, which is good. I want him to run. I hope he runs. He will be crushed in the primaries. He, there's already, he's already damaged his long-term career, in my opinion, because I know Trump supporters who now will never support him for any office as long as he lives, based on the treachery of his running. And these people are not Republicans I'm talking about. These people are largely Trump supporters who probably wouldn't even be in the political process uh, but for Donald Trump. So I think he's already damaged himself. But no, honestly, it's a free country. Let's see. I want to see him get down with the pig farmers in Iowa. Uh, I want to see him go to New Hampshire and try retail campaigning. I, I just don't think he has the chops. I don't think that he is a compelling, likable person. And you can see Donald Trump likes people. Donald Trump loves posing for pictures. Donald Trump loves signing hats. To the governor, that's a chore. To Donald Trump, I think he gets strength from it. Yeah, yeah and, you, and you bring up an excellent point that a lot of these people you talk to are not necessarily Republicans. And I think that's the big rift between and, and what people don't understand between Trump and DeSantis. Trump's key to success in 2016 was the fact that he stood on stage with Chris Christie and Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio and Chris Christie, all of these big names in politics. And he stood there and said, hey, all of these problems that you guys have, it's their fault, as he points to the people on both sides of the stage. And he was able to really speak to the disenfranchised voter, the forgotten man who felt like no matter who they voted for, Democrat or Republican, their lives would be the same. And I think that was Trump's key to success in 2016. And I do believe that Ron DeSantis is starting to appear less MAGA and more establishment, and his support base seems to be consistent with that. And I think that'll lead to a, a, a Trump success in 2024. I'll give you the last word. Uh, look, I think Trump will be the nominee. 
Ron DeSantis will regret it if he runs because 2026, when his term as governor ends, he will be finished in American politics. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I guess we'll stay tuned and see. Great article, by the way. I'm sorry we didn't get to talk about it more, but everybody should go and check out the slow motion collapse of Ron DeSantis. Um, it's a fantastic article. Talks about all the congressional Florida congressional delegation now falling behind um, Donald Trump with their endorsements. And it seemed like it seems like Trump's going to be the nominee. Thanks to Alvin Bragg in New York. Roger Stone, thank you so very much for being on my show. Um, excellent insights and great stories. Thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. Great to be with you. Folks, you can go to rogerstone.substack.com. Check it out. Thank you. Are you an insurance agent or property manager looking for a reliable and accurate property inspection? Floridian Property Consultants specializes in residential and commercial property inspection so that you can get policies bound quickly, easily, and efficiently. FPC's experienced inspectors will make sure each assessment meets all the insurance carrier standards while ensuring that you don't pay for more than what you need. Work with a company who respects your time and budget as much as you do. Contact FPC today, 407-743-1533, online at floridianpropertyconsultants.com. David Pollock here. One thing I don't mess with is electricity. For that, I call my friends at P3 Electrical Services. P3 is a quality family-owned and operated electrical services company serving the Central Florida area for over 12 years. They provide the best possible solutions for your residential, commercial, and industrial needs. From panel replacements to whole home generators from Generac and Briggs & Stratton, P3 has you covered. So don't get left in the dark. Contact P3 Electrical Services today. Find them online at p3electrical.com. David Pollock here. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit the davidpollockshow.com. There you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit the davidpollockshow.com. And welcome back to the David Pollock Show. I want to thank again, Mr. Roger Stone. Excellent, excellent to have you on the show, sir. Fantastic insights. Real quick, before we get started, I want to remind you guys, there's something coming up called Military Academy Day with uh, CD7 Representative Corey Mills and Senator Rick Scott. It's April 29th, 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Seminole State College. The event is free and open to the public and geared towards middle school and high school students and their parents. For more information, contact Vanessa Horgan at 407-638-7904 or check out the link on the David Pollack Show Facebook page. We have information for you. I am joined now by special guest, Alex Brusewitz. Alex Brusewitz is co-founder of X Strategies and, and political um, America's first strategist. In his political career, he's advised members of Congress, the Senate, former White House appointees. He is an all-star. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for being here. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I'm gonna, before we get started, I'm gonna play something for you real quick. And it's cut one, Gabe, if you're ready to go. This is a uh, ad that just came out. I'm sure you've seen it um, issued by the Ron DeSantis people uh, called I forget what they call it. Something like Republicans against Democrats, not Republicans. Yeah, that's it. Go ahead and play it, Abe. 
Now we've got Congressman Jamie Raskin. Congressman, thanks so much for taking the time. Yep, Always that's great to not see it. You. The pleasure is mine to be with you, Brian. That, that's not it, Gabe. All right, forget it. Forget the art. Forget the ad. Um, have you seen it, Alex? The new ad that DeSantis put out, basically attacking Trump. Yeah, yeah, I have, and and I think that's uh, pretty silly. I mean, we're he, he's stepping up. He wants to run against President Trump. He is running against President Trump. He decided to put uh, himself into this primary. And uh, in primaries, what happens? You go against people in your own party. And unfortunately for him, uh, you know, he has a lot of uh, terrible votes that he's going to have to answer for in his career. He has made a lot of mistakes. He's gotten in bed with the wrong people. Uh, and he's going to have to answer for those. And uh, it's, it's amazing that the globalist swamp donors that fund the super PAC are crying about President Trump criticizing DeSantis. But he stepped into the arena. He wants to run the primary. And everything's fair game, and so it's uh, it's politics, and and you can't be crying if you want to you want to be a presidential candidate. Yeah, and you know, and, and I've talked about this before. You know, it's interesting when at that rally in Pennsylvania when Trump said Ronda Sanctimonious the first time, everyone is kind of like. <gasps> What what does that mean? I mean, DeSantis is just, you know, elected, reelected by 20 points. Everybody's talking about how DeSantis is the future. You know, I guess Trump didn't really say whether or not he was running yet. So I guess people were kind of, you know, feeling good about Ron DeSantis and, and being the face of MAGA. But at the same time, as soon as the gloves came off, you saw the backlash. I mean, you might recall there was that uh, a group of MAGA protesters came out in uh, Tampa or somewhere out there on the West Coast. And I think DeSantis sent out the police to remove them. Like it's starting to become a situation where I think even being considered of whether or not he's announced yet, even being considered uh, as a congressional, I mean, a presidential candidate, I think it's going to start to hurt him a little bit. And, you know, do you think that he can even already with what's being said, the jabs back and forth, can he recover from this politically if he decides to go this route and run, even if he, if he doesn't win, which arguably he won't? Well, right now he's running what we call a shadow campaign, where he's uh, going across the country and, and having his pack run ads in swing states. Uh, but he, he hasn't formally announced yet. The second he formally announces, his political career is over. Uh, and, and, you know, it's disappointing because so many of us in the state of Florida, we supported him for governor because we believe that he was a Donald Trump ally. We thought he was a Trump Republican. Uh, and after actually taking a look at some of the things that he's done in Florida, some of it has been quite embellished uh, and, and really ha hasn't uh, accomplished much. We're watching him continue his fight a year and a half later with Disney after uh, being embarrassed in the national stage when he said he won, but he didn't win. And so the fight continues. Uh, but we were so disappointed when we learned. I learned back in July of 2022 that he was teaming up with the likes of George Bush and Karl Rove in line to challenge President Trump. And I was super disappointed because I was a voter of his and a supporter of his for governor. Uh, but there was zero point in my life where I would have ever supported Ron DeSantis against President Trump for president. It's a lot, it's a very different role. And uh, DeSantis has terrible foreign policy instincts. He's a, a neocon. Uh, I don't want that guy anywhere near the swamp because I believe he could be easily compromised. We're seeing that already. Um, and so he, he will ruin his political future if he decides to go forward with the run, uh, which is looking like he's going to. And it's sad uh, that he's going to have to you know, destroy his political future at 44 years old. Now, what's interesting in the wake of the uh, Alvin Bragg political prosecution, it seems even 
Carl Rove and, and Jeb Bush have fallen uh, behind President Trump in their support. And we know there's some more indictments and, and, and such going to be coming until 2024, whatever they can do to hurt him. Uh, I think he'll persevere. Um, yeah, well, I wouldn't. Sorry to cut you off, but I wouldn't yeah, say that Carl Rove or Jeb Bush supports President Trump. I was watching Carl Rove, who, who looks like a pig, on uh, <laughs> Fox News today. And he was very anti-Trump, very pro-DeSantis. Uh, you know, Jeb Bush was was forced to, to make a statement, as were most Republicans. But most of the rhinos are are secretly hoping President Trump gets indicted, indicted so, and goes to jail, so their boy Wonder can uh, have a uh, you know easier pathway to the nomination. But um, you know, Karl Rove is still in the tank totally for for Ron DeSantis, and in no way does he support President Trump. You know, I actually have a clip that might if Gabe, if you can pull up cut seven while I'm talking to Alex, um, it, it perfectly illustrates exactly what you're saying. But, yeah, you're exact. I, I agree with you. I, I do believe they have to say that because they want to make it seem as if, you know, oh, yeah, this political prosecution. But you're right. Secretly behind doors, they're clapping. They're probably setting up the indictments themselves behind closed doors. But the thing is, after that indictment, after the political prosecution in New York. A lot of the Florida delegation, congressional delegation, have now publicly endorsed President Trump. Before it was Byron Donalds, now it's Byron Donalds, Corey Mills, it's Steuben. All of these guys are ready to go now behind, and the endorsements keep coming in every day. Now I wonder if now, with all of these endorsements coming in, is is really that the first nail in the coffin for for DeSantis's uh, uh, candidacy? And I wonder if he's looking at this and not thinking like, "Wow, how do I overcome all of these endorsements already going at, at Trump?" He can't flip them. So if you don't have your congressional delegation behind you, what's the point of running at this point? Well, he's got the absolute worst people behind him. He's got some of the dumbest members in Washington behind him, including a guy named Chip Roy out of Texas. I think he has a fool. He's a grandstander. Uh, he thinks he's special. And uh, he's not. I think it's really embarrassing that the Florida delegation is lining up behind President Trump. But I see that uh, happening for a couple of different reasons. One, because they know that the people of the district will go with the, uh, will go with President Trump over DeSantis, even if it's in Florida. Trump's winning in the polls in Florida by 15 percent, so the politicians are smart for that. Yeah. Uh, but but secondly, Ron DeSantis takes tries to take credit for absolutely everything. I saw a statement that he made in New Hampshire saying that for the first time ever, Florida has state pride because of me as your governor. And Rick Scott was asked about his statement today, and Rick Scott said, I've always been proud to be a Floridian. I think every Floridian that I've ever met is proud to be a Floridian. And, and why are they proud? Well, because we have great weather, we have no taxes, and we have a great history. And, and nothing to do with DeSantis. And so many people, you know, have been, you know, have moved to Florida over the years for, for the weather, for the taxes, uh, for, for just the quality of life. And DeSantis tries to take credit for everything. And he doesn't give any credit to the members of Congress. He doesn't give any credit to the legislatures. But he'll put blame on everybody else if something goes wrong. But if something's successful, he takes credit for everything. And the people don't like that. The members of Congress in Florida, they don't like that. It rubs them the wrong way. And, uh, you know, he's just not a likable guy. And so President Trump, on the other hand, when you meet President Trump, you love President Trump. He's the greatest guy you'll ever meet in your life. And, uh, you know, that's just the difference I'm seeing between the two candidates. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I think really, if, I think if Ron DeSantis early on uh, said, look, I'm not going to run. I'm going to stay governor of Florida. I'm going to support Donald Trump. I don't think people 
Trump supporters would have this much animosity towards him. But I think and and, I, and this is what I was saying before, I think once you kind of make yourself part of the establishment and you stand on the stage with all these other guys, um, I think Trump and I, was, I think I was saying this with, with uh, Roger Stone. Once you stand in the middle of that stage with everybody, all of a sudden now you've become the anti-establishment candidate again. Donald Trump will become the anti-establishment candidate. And now Ron DeSantis, who was known as the MAGA governor, America's governor, I think becomes almost like Jeb Bush in a way. And, you know, again, he hasn't said whether or not he's going to run. I wonder, though, I know you said the day he announces that his political career is over. What if he decides not to run? What if he says, you know what? I was never thinking about running. People just wanted me to run. I want to stay in the great state of Florida. I'm endorsing Trump. Do you think uh, do you think Maggle fall back in line and fall behind him and support him in 2028? Or do you think already just the fact that he hasn't dispelled the fact that he may or may not run? Do you think that did enough damage in and of itself? Well, well, I'll say this. He's lost my support for the future. Um, you know, uh, I'm a constituent. I'm a resident of Florida. I vote in Florida elections. And uh, because I have a different political op opinion for 2024, I have faced an onslaught of vicious, nasty attacks from DeSantis allies uh, who, who I believe report directly to uh, associates and employees of the governor. Uh, they spread nasty lies about me. Uh, they attack me daily on social media, um, and it's a really disgusting behavior simply because I support a different presidential candidate. I support President Trump, uh, and I don't like that type of politics. I don't like that that level of politics, uh, especially directed at people in his own state. And so, uh, with that being said, I will not support Governor DeSantis if if he if he's a candidate in the future. Uh, and so I think he's, you know, personally, he should just rip the Band-Aid off and ruin his political career now instead of waiting around for, for four years uh, to ruin his political career. But uh, I believe millions and millions of MAGA supporters will never support him after what we're learning about him. Uh, you know, when, when you're a governor uh, and, you know, you don't make a ton of noise, you don't make a ton of news uh, like Governor DeSantis did for the first couple of years of his career, you don't really pay attention to that guy's every move or every vote or, or every donor or, or everything that guy does. But when he wants to throw himself into the national spotlight and challenge President Trump, well, then his life becomes under a microscope. And the things that I'm learning about Ron DeSantis while he's under the microscope, uh, I don't like the guy's character. I don't like uh, the guy's baggage, which I believe there's a lot, and many of you will learn about uh, in, the, in the near future. I don't like the, the people he takes money from or he's associated with. I don't like how cozy he is with the Bush uh, family and the Bush dynasty. I don't like how he has got zero principles when it comes to foreign policy, and he'll want to intervene in every forum, whatever you possibly imagine. So with that being said, I think we're going to have a lot more uh, better options in 2028 and beyond. Uh, and uh, I, along with probably millions of other mega supporters, will not support Ron DeSantis uh, if he continues down this path. Uh, or ever wants to take a jam at the presidency. Do you think this is um, really an example of the rift in the Republican Party? There was just an article the other day. I think it might have been Trump who said this. Um, he said that um, this was what you're seeing is basically the death of the Republican Party. There's a new Republican Party now. And, I, you know, I kind of felt that way after 2016. I have a lot of friends who became Republicans when Trump was uh, president and they were Trump Republicans. And a lot of them would be like, Unless you're a Trump supported candidate or a Trump endorsed candidate, I'm not supporting you. It almost seems like the Republican Party is going through a change, like where we had Reagan Republicans 
And now we have Trump Republicans. And I feel like the party, the majority of the party belongs to him at this point. I do believe it's a, a smaller number of the party that still backs the establishment. And I wonder if this isn't what we're seeing is a new Republican party. And and I wonder if in the elections future, if we don't start going to real MAGA candidates, not so much the ones that try to emulate the version of Donald Trump that was created in the media, but real Donald Trump, America first, uh, pro-American, pro-jobs, pro-drilling, the things that conservatives want to see. What do you think? Yeah, well, funny enough, I was uh, raised in Ripon, Wisconsin. And in Ripon, uh, there's a little white schoolhouse where the Republican Party was founded by Abraham Lincoln in 1854. And so, you know, I, I grew up in the birthplace of the Republican Party. Uh, but I like to tell a story when I give speeches. I speak, you know, a lot. And I actually spoke in New York a couple of months ago. And I said, I have a message to say. You know, I grew up in the birthplace of the Republican Party. But unfortunately, that's the birthplace of the old Republican Party. The new Republican Party was born right here in New York City when Donald Trump came down the Golden Escalator. And unfortunately, the party that was founded by Lincoln, championed by Eisenhower and Nixon, was destroyed when it was taken over by people like George Bush, Mitt Romney, John McCain, Paul Ryan. You know, before President Trump came along, the establishment GOP hasn't won an election since 2004. And it cost us so much damage to this country, that, that establishment wing of the Republican Party. And so the only chance that the Republicans have to win in the future is by embracing Donald Trump and the MAGA movement. Because the establishment GOP has been rejected time and time again. And we're coming up on 2024 election. That will be 20 years since the establishment GOP won the presidency. Donald Trump saved the Republican Party from, from complete annihilation and humiliation. He gave us a new life. And anybody that wants to work against him and work against the MAGA movement has a political death wish for the Republican Party. And I don't want to see it. And so I believe that the only way that we can win in a general election is by backing Donald Trump and rallying behind mega candidates early on so we don't have to spend tens of millions of dollars fighting amongst each other in the primaries where we can spend all of that money focused on saving our country and defeating the Democrats in November of 24. Yeah, and that's an excellent point. We have, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of the energy, all of the energy really is behind uh, Donald Trump right now. I mean, these are the people that are volunteering for campaigns. These are the people on the ground. These are the people going door to door. These are the people that are working. And it seems that Ron McDaniel and the Republican establishment really doesn't want to do anything other than kind of remain the country club Republicans. I mean, if you look at all of our, our, our local organizations, it's really like, it's like a big HOA meeting. Nobody want, really wants to work and get out there. The Trump people do. And that's an excellent point that you make that, you know, this is the future of the Republican Party. These are the people that are going to help people get elected. And so you're right. We need to embrace this. I'll give you the last word, Alex. And, and please remind my listeners where they can find you and, and interact with you. Yeah, well, no, I think you're, you're spot on there. And, and I really appreciate this conversation here. But, uh, you know, uh, look, I know a lot of your Florida's probably your, your listeners probably like the governor and, and voted for the governor. Um, and, uh, you know, look, he's got four more years as governor if he wants it. and I, I hope he I hope he decides to do what's best for the people of Florida. And if he decides he wants to run for president, then he should follow the law and resign because I believe that Florida deserves a full time governor. And that's why they have the resign to run law intact. Um, but, you know, I, I encourage all of your viewers to support President Trump and the upcoming primaries. He's a guy 
who's going to get the job done. He's the guy that's going to deliver peace. He's going to secure our border. Uh, he's going to get America energy independence again, and he's going to make sure our economy stays at record highs once again, like he had it for, for many years under his uh, first term. So uh, you guys can follow me at, at Alex Bruzewitz on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, I hope to, to come on your pro- program again. I'd love to have you. Thank you so much for being on the show. And nobody go anywhere. We got more exciting things to talk about. We got riots in Chicago of kids just having a good time while beating people and shooting people. We're going to talk about that coming up. Alex, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't wait for you to return. And we'll talk again soon. David Pollock here. One thing I don't mess with is electricity. For that, I call my friends at P3 Electrical Services. P3 is a quality family-owned and operated electrical services company serving the Central Florida area for over 12 years. They provide the best possible solutions for your residential, commercial, and industrial needs. From panel replacements to whole home generators from Generac and Briggs & Stratton, P3 has you covered. So don't get left in the dark. Contact P3 Electrical Services today. Find them online at p3electrical.com. With today's economic environment, it's never been more important to secure your hard-earned wealth for you and your family's future. FinSec Life works to offer industry-leading customer service to help successful individuals and businesses protect their wealth. Whether it's a business succession plan, estate liquidity, or a variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. Hey, friends, David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft-serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Topper's is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft-serve ice cream in a variety of flavors, from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh-baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh-baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Topper's Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to tell them David sent you. I got my first real six-string. Boy, out the five and done. Played it till my fingers And welcome back to the David Pollock Show. Best soundtrack in talk radio. <laughs> I don't know. This is, uh, I know for you listening, you can't see anything, but I live stream all of these radio shows on uh, social media, and I have my uh, kids texting me um, funny things. <laughs> anyway, I see you guys out there, and I, I appreciate the uh, hard time you're giving me. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't know if you guys have been watching. I mean, there's so much going on in the news, and I know I, I kind of alluded to this early on. There's a lot I want to talk about. But first, I really got to talk about what's going on in Chicago. I don't know if you guys have been watching the news. They're calling this a teen takeover. These are young kids riding in the street in Chicago, beating people. There's kids being shot. And this is just being kind of dismissed. This is what's going on in Chicago. Take clip two.
What you're hearing is a mob of kids. They're attempting they're attempting to to hurt a woman. Um, she's being dragged, and her hair is being pulled right outside of her home in Chicago. Now, this isn't just kids going out and having a good time or upset because they couldn't enter a 21 and only park. The mayor says that we really shouldn't, you know, don't don't disparage these kids. It's not don't demonize these teenagers. But this isn't just in Chicago. In New York last month, another mob of teenagers trashed a Chinese. This is cut three, Gabe. They trashed a Chinese food restaurant in Queens. No arrests were made either. Besides the uh, prosecute Donald Trump happy Alvin Bragg. No arrests were made here. Here's what happened in Queens. What you're hearing is kids, and there might be some strong language in your game, so go ahead and end it. What you're hearing is uh, kids running through a Chinese food restaurant, destroying everything, breaking everything for nothing, just because they felt like it. They felt like they could. This is in New York. And then last year in Los Angeles, there's another teen mob. Of course, what do they call it? They call it the, you know, just teenagers out having a good time. This is a mob that ransacked the 7-Eleven. This is cut four, Gabe. Go ahead. Another teen takeover. No. Well, cut four, of course, is a seven. Oh, you got to. Um, that's all right. You cut that clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut the clip. So in that clip, basically, it's a bunch of people ransacking a 7-Eleven, breaking things, throwing things everywhere. Of course, this is just it, 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 a, 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 what do they call it? A, a teen takeover again. And then again, of course, now this isn't a teen takeover, but here are other children. And this is in the protest. And this is clip five, Gabe. This is in the Tennessee state capitol. When the, when the kids were protesting the Tennessee Three. Again, kids. Good, cut five. It shows protesters in the Capitol building shouting, getting in the faces of lawmakers. Young men blocking doorways, forcing themselves against police officers. Some instances, hitting police officers. Chasing, chasing legislators into the bathroom. Chasing them out of the building. This was just a protest. And go ahead and take clip six as well. right to go upstairs. There's plenty of room, but they won't let them upstairs. High school students. High school students. Kids being organized by politicians to protest, to be angry. What you're seeing in our blue states, what you're seeing in some of our cities, this is the left weaponizing our children. This is the result when you talk about what is the issue people have with woke. This is what woke does to kids. It tells them that the world is a horrible place, that all these evils exist, and you need to do something. You need to stand up and fight against it. Our children are now becoming the new weapons of the left. It's the indoctrination in our schools. It's the indoctrination in the communities. This is what, as parents, you need to be aware of. You need to know what's going on in your kids' lives, what they're seeing on social media, what they're starting to believe, and how they're being used. This is what happens when left implements Marxist ideologies. It's hate. 
It's violence. It's division. And this is what I said earlier on the show. This is something we need to stand up against. This isn't normal, and it's not okay. It's not Democrats versus Republicans. It's not Americans versus – it's Americans versus communism. And Americans must be anti-communists. This is what Alex referred to. If you remember in last week's show, I began discussing Marxism in the context of our current political division in America and around the world. And no, it's not out of left field to discuss Marxism or at least Marxist ideology. In fact, it's more relevant today than ever before. Now, the thing that's different, though, is Karl Marx lived in a time where there really was labor and equity, where children were being exploited, long hours in factories, people weren't being paid fair wages. But in order for when Karl Marx put his economic theories together, in order to implement this beautiful so- communist society where everything is perfect, which, by the way, has never happened, and anywhere socialism has been tried, failed. But in order to put that into place, you have to first have a political revolution. But how do you have a political revolution when things are just okay? How do you have a political revolu- revolution when you have a minimum wage, when you have labor unions? How do you have a political revolution when people's lives really aren't that bad? Well, what you have to do is you have to create it. You have to create the environment where things are awful. You have to create this ideology or this theory that things are just really inequitable and things are just bad. And that is what you're starting to see play out everywhere, whether it's guns, whether it's abortion, whether it's gender, whether it's sexuality, whether it's this, whether it's that, whether it's race, whether it's religion. All of these things are constantly going to be used. And your kids are going to be taught that America is an evil country and anybody who believes in America are evil people. We have to stand up to this type of divisive politics. What we're seeing now is a dangerous new trend, and this can't be okay for everybody. What's going on in Chicago is sad. What's going on in New York is sad. And I think it's time for politicians, Democrats, real Democrats, the ones that are actually, there are some switching parties now, and we'll talk about that next week. But there are ways that Democrats can stand up to this and say this isn't okay. We can have different political policies, but this social destruction of the country is not okay. We'll talk about this more next week. we got another exciting week coming up. We're going to talk about a Florida legislative update, what Ron DeSantis is actually doing. I know people are upset with him because he's running for president, but he's getting some things done, and we're going to talk about that. I want to remind you guys, mark your calendars for May 6th. we got the Freedom Expo. I'll be there. Buy the VIP experience. Go to theanswer.com for free tickets or to pay for them. Thank you very much for being on the sh- joining me on the show today. And thank you for everybody watching and listening. Come back here. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. David Pollock out. Hey, 950 FM 94.9. The answer. WORL Orlando News Talk Station of the Year with this SRN News update.